All right, shall we pray for the last uh, presentation? <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for uh, this opportunity to share your word, Lord. We recognize that the devil is a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, Lord, and that he's, um, he's doing his best, Lord, to hinder these truths. For we, 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 we know, Lord, from your scriptures that when men seek to learn of you and when men seek to follow you, that Satan fights for every inch of ground, Lord. And so we thank you now, Lord, for helping us to get back up. And we pray and ask that you please, Lord, restrain him, Lord, uh, that we can get the, the, um, our presentations uh, done, Lord, that, that you may teach us, Lord, not only those who are listening, but it, but even me as I speak, that you may teach me through, this, um, through these teachings. And we ask, Lord, for a band of angels to surround this place, Lord, uh, dispelling the darkness, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, throughout this entire day, we've been looking at the seven times of Leviticus 26, showing how uh, the Lord dealt with his people after they came from Egypt. He gave them a message. He gave them his law, right? <coughs> he took them as his, um, as his people, and he says, um, I will be your, your, your God, and you shall be my people. And, and in the wilderness, though, however, the Lord gave them some conditions in which they should remain in his favor. And those conditions are found in Leviticus 26. If you do this, it's the blessings. And if you do the other thing, it's the cursing, right? If you go against me, I will curse you. And if you join me, I will bless you. And the Lord set forth in that chapter only, only two things he highlighted. No images and keep the Sabbath. Now, um... No images is connected to thou shalt have no other gods before me, and is connected to taking his name in vain. All right? So in giving them those two, he was really giving them all. And the Bible says, if you love God, I mean, how can you say you love God if you don't love your brother? So then you have to keep the other four. So the, Lord, the other six, amen. So the Lord was just giving them his law in these two sayings. He was giving them his entire law. And if they kept the law, blessings. If they break the law, cursings. And we saw how that Israel broke the law and the Lord cursed them. But the Lord cursed them. The Lord used these kings as an object lesson, right? To show how the Lord is, is going to deal with everyone who break his law. So um, the other thought is um, that many make the argument that Christ is not found in these teachings. Where is Christ? It's just all doom and gloom. Well, the truth is, if you do the right thing, it's never doom and gloom. And this is what the Bible teaches. If you follow me, blessings. And many a people find it hard to follow Christ. Christ is asking each one of us to give our lives to him. This is really what these things are pointing to. That we surrender our will and our way for the will and way of God. For his thoughts are higher than our thoughts and his ways and our ways. And when we do that, then we do not have to worry about the curse of the message. And we saw that. Manasseh repented, and what did Christ do? He restored him, Amen. right? Even after he broke the law, he repented, and he restored him. And this is what Christ really wants. He wants repentance. He wants men. For this is what this is designed to teach. And in it, he wrapped up all other prophecies so that we can find him all along the way, right? So that we can know where he's at at any given time so that we can go to him. And it's nice when you go to Christ's history, when Christ was in, in Israel, the people always found him. They, they knew exactly they all, because they looked for him. And Christ says, and you shall seek me, shall find me when you search for me with all your heart. And the people always found him. It didn't matter where he, Christ really couldn't hide because of his own word. Because he says, if you search for me, you shall find me. So even when he left the people and went to, he really couldn't hide if the people sincerely desired him. They would always find him. Because the Holy Spirit would tell that, that man where, where he Christ is. is. Yes. The, the, he had to live by his word. Amen? Amen? All right. So we saw that the people were taken captive. But Daniel asked, how long shall be the sanctuary and the host? And I believe this that I'm about to go through now, as given by our pioneers, gives us some insight into how Christ dealt with the sanctuary through the seven times. Right, using the seven times. So in Leviticus 26, 18, he says, I'll break the pride of your power and your strength shall be spent in vain. Just looking at the bold. 
Now you go to Second Kings. It says we we read these things already, so I'm just gonna go through it um, quickly because we 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 have read these same verses in dealing with the kings. Amen. But now this same verses is gonna deal with the sanctuary. It says in verse 13, and he carried out thence all the treasures of the house of the Lord and the treasures of the king's house and cut in pieces all the vessels of gold which Solomon, king of Israel, had made in the temple of the Lord. So the first time the sanctuary was desecrated was under Jehoiakim, right? This is the Nebuchadnezzar put his hand on the Lord's goods. Amen. And from that moment, the sanctuary begins to be um, taken away from God's people, right? So Christ couldn't find a place to rest. So let's go to the second time. Leviticus 26 and verse 12 is the second seven times. He says, He shall rob you of your children and make you few in number. So at that time, um, you go to 2 Chronicles 36 and bring in Zedekiah. It says, Zedekiah was one and twenty years old when he began to reign and reigned eleven years in Jerusalem. Drop down to verse 14. Moreover, all the chief of the priests and all and the people transgressed very much after the abomination of the heathen and polluted the house of the Lord which he hallowed in Jerusalem. And the Lord God of their fathers sent to them by his messengers rising up betimes and sending because he had compassion on his people and on his dwelling place. But they mocked the messengers of God. Who did they mock? The this is important because we'll see that later. Christ talks about that. This is love right here, verse 15. It says, because he had compassion on his people. Amen. That's why he did this constantly, because he had Praise compassion. <clears throat> Amen. So it says, they mocked the messengers of God and despised his words and misused his prophets until the wrath of God arose against his people till there was no remedy. Therefore, he brought upon them the king of the Chaldees who slew their young men with the sword in the house of the sanctuary. sanctuary and had no compassion upon young men and maiden, old men, and him that stood for what? So in the sanctuary, Nebuchadnezzar robbed them of their children. Right? In the sanctuary. And then he says, And all the vessels of the house of God, great and small, and the treasures of the house of the Lord, and the treasures of the king and the princes and all, he brought to Babylon. And they what? They burnt the house of the Lord. So the second time the sanctuary is dealt with by Nebuchadnezzar, he burns it down. Amen. And it says, and break down the wall of Jerusalem and burn all the places thereof with fire and destroy the goodly vessels thereof. Let's look at this third instance. The third um, instance, if we, we'll start here in Ezekiel 40 because I want us to, it says, in the five and twentieth year of our captivity and in the beginning of the year, in the tenth day of the month, in the fourteenth day of the month, after that the city was what? Smitten. Smitten. So which which um, seven times is the smiting? Which one it says that the Lord is going to... Um, yes, Smite. stricken. They will be stricken. Remember? The plagues, the second one. Mm -hmm. Ezekiel said this is happening when? After they were stricken. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right? So now we're on to the third one. Everybody following? All right. Yeah. So it says... Go to verse 4. And the man said unto me, Son of man, behold with thine eyes, and hear with thine ears, and set, up, set thine heart upon all that I shall show thee, for to the intent that I may what? Show them, show them unto thee, um, thou art brought thither, declare all that thou seest to the house of Israel. Now let's go to Ezekiel 43. Drop down to verse 7. I wouldn't read all of it. Let's go to verse 7. It says, and he said unto me, Son of man, the place of my throne and the place of the soles of my feet, where I dwell in the midst of the children of Israel forever. That's the sanctuary. Amen. This is where Christ dwell. And he says, and my holy name shall the house of Israel no more defile, neither they, not their kings, by their whoredoms, nor by their carcasses, or of their kings in their high places, in their setting of their thresholds by my threshold, and their posts by my posts, and their wall between me and them, they have even defiled my holy name by the abominations that they have committed. Wherefore, I have consumed them in my what? 
anger. So the Lord told Ezekiel to, to tell him what he saw, right? But the Lord says that they, they didn't listen to Ezekiel. The reason why Ezekiel was telling them what he saw is so that they could reform, right? They didn't listen to Ezekiel. Instead, they continued their whoredoms. Is that what the Bible says? Amen. It says, now let them what? Put away. Let them reform, right? That's what he's saying. Let them put away their whoredoms and the carcasses of their kings far from me, and I will what? Come into the sanctuary. Now, continuing on. And I will dwell into the midst of them forever. Thou son of man, show the house to the house of what? Israel. Israel that they may be what? Ashamed of their iniquities, and let them measure the, measure the pattern. And if they be ashamed of all they have done, show them the form of the house. the house and the fashion thereof and the goings out thereof and the comings in thereof and all the forms thereof of all the ordinances thereof and all the forms thereof and all the laws thereof and write it in their sight that they may keep the whole form thereof and all the ordinance thereof and do what? And do, do them. them. So the Lord tells Ezekiel, if they put away their hodoms, Show them what I have shown you. Right? That's the command. But first, Israel had to reform. Amen. Right. So Ezekiel, when he received these prophecies, where was he? Come to Ezekiel chapter 1. He was in Babylon. Oh. He was mourning. Right? After Babylon, what did God give to the people of Israel? To do what? To reform them. And if they had reformed, this message from Ezekiel, they would have built the sanctuary according to how Ezekiel saw it. Amen. But they didn't reform. So what would the Lord had to what? Keep them in captivity. So now let's go to Leviticus 26 because that's what it says. Verse 23 says, And if you will not be reformed by, these th by, by me by these things, but will walk contrary unto me, it says, Then will I walk contrary unto you and will punish you yet what? Seven, Seven times. times. And I'm saying this is in relation to the sanctuary. Right? This one is not in relation to the kings. Now I'm, now I'm revisiting that in the relation to the sanctuary. The Lord gave them reforms that they were supposed to perform if they wanted to see the sanctuary in a brighter light. When they came out of um, captivity, what happened to the men who saw the sanctuary in connection with the one before it? They, they so, cried. Why? Because it wasn't as like glorious. But the, the sanctuary the Lord gave to Ezekiel was glorious. Amen. Right, but they couldn't partake of that because they were they, they didn't reform. reform. Why are we not seeing what happened? Why are we not seeing thousands of voices the way we want to see it? Because we're not reformed. Because we're not reformed. And if we're not reformed, the Lord can't give us that view as we want to see it. There must be some type of reform. Amen. Amen. So <clears throat> go to Daniel 9. It says in the first day of the rise. The son of Ahasuerus, of the seed of the Medes, which was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by books the number of years. Whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. Drop down to verse 6. Daniel says, Neither have we hearkened to the servants, though. The prophets. Prophets. Job down to verse 7. O Lord, righteousness belongeth unto thee, but confusion unto us, conf but unto us confusion of faces as at this day to the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and to all Israel that are near and are far off through all the countries whither thou hast what? So by then, they've already been scattered into the nations, right? All right. Now drop down to verse 10. And Daniel says, Neither have we obeyed the voice of the Lord to walk in the laws which he set before us by his servants the prophet. Yea, all Israel have transgressed thy law, even by departing, that they might not obey thy voice. Therefore the curse is poured upon us, and the oath that is written in the law of Moses, Moses the servant of God. Verse 13, as it is written in the law of Moses, all this evil is come upon us. Now, I'm going somewhere with this. Go to verse 16. It says, O Lord, according to thy righteousness, I beseech thee, let thy what? Amen. And what? Fury. Where, did, where is Daniel getting that from? <coughs> what does the fourth seven times say? Fury. I will chastise you in my 
fury. fury. Daniel understood this, right? And he's saying, Lord, let thy fury come because your people, in re your people is not reforming, right? So it says, let thine anger and thy fury be turned away from thy city, Jerusalem, thy holy mountain, because Daniel understood this was what the Lord was doing. So he's asking the Lord for reprieve. It says in verse 17, Now therefore, O God, O our God, hear our prayer, hear the prayer of thy servant and his supplications, and cause thy face to shine where? Upon, Upon thy what? Sanctuary. Upon thy sanctuary, that is what? Desolate. Again, remember earlier I was talking about Daniel saw the destruction of the sanctuary under Nebuchadnezzar. Amen. And how does he call it? Desolate. Des yeah. He understood that to be what? A desolation, desolation. right? So keep that in mind. But that was only pointing to something else. So Daniel prays, and then you drop down to verse 22. Now Gabriel comes, and Gabriel comes to give Daniel an understanding. When Daniel prayed, he prayed in light of that fallen sanctuary, the one on the Nebuchadnezzar, right? But what, which sanctuary does Gabriel come to give him information on? Let's read. No, not, the, not, not yet. I mean, they're both, right? It's natural and spiritual. It says in verse 21, Yea, while I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision from the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about the time of the evening oblation. And he informed me and talked with me and said, O Daniel, I am now come forth to give thee skill and understanding. At the beginning of thy supplications, the commandment came forth, and I am come to show thee, for thou art greatly beloved. Therefore, understand the matter and consider the vision. And then he says to him, what? Seventy weeks are what? Determined. Okay, so Daniel thought that Daniel was looking at that sanctuary. No, the angel comes <laughs> to say no. Take that and point it to the, to the future. He says, 70 weeks are determined for what? Upon thy, thy holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, and to bring in the everlasting righteousness, and to seal up the vision and the prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. Now, Daniel and Ezekiel was counterparts. Right? They were both in Babylon together. While Ezekiel was, give, was, was given the prophecy on what Israel was to do to reform, Daniel was being given the prophecy of what was going to happen when they don't reform. Right? Ezekiel was told, if they reform, show them this. But Daniel was told, basically, 70 years are determined because they were not going to reform. The Lord saw the, so he gave Daniel a view of what was coming already way before they came out of Babylon. Amen. So it says in verse 25. Well, let's go to verse 26. It says, and after three score and two weeks, the Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. So the, I want to put it on the line here. From 457, Daniel was given this prophecy, right? Which was 27 AD to 34 AD. 2031. And Isaiah, what did Isaiah say? The kings must be destroyed before Christ comes, right? Remember reading Isaiah 7 that Ahaz was supposed to ask for the sign. And he says, The Lord himself shall give a sign. Amen. And he says, This Emmanuel wouldn't come until the kings of Israel be destroyed, right? So Daniel 9 is adding to Isaiah's prophecy. It's now showing this Emmanuel that was going to come, Amen. right? And that he was going to be cut off, right? Because why? Because they've desecrated the sanctuary. And this, this, this is because um, the Lord gave them an opportunity to redeem themselves under Cyrus. What did they do? Some weep and some rejoice, right? But the Lord needs all his people to be rejoicing, right? So... It says, after three score and two weeks shall the Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince that shall come shall what? Shall destroy the what? The city and the sanctuary. sanctuary. And at the end thereof shall be a flood, and then unto the end of the wars, what's determined? Desolations. Desolations are determined. determined. 
So Daniel already knew that Nebuchadnezzar's destru destruction was a desolation. Mm -hmm. So when the Lord told him desolations are determined, what, what could he have looked to in order to understand what's coming? Uh, what just happened? Right? The Lord took what just happened and he said, Daniel, because these people won't repent, now I'm going to make it official. But in order for Isaiah's prophecy to be fulfilled, Christ must come. So the real desolation happens when? After Christ comes. Mm -hmm. Right? Nebuchadnezzar only typified Christ coming. He only typified the work that Christ was going to do when he came. Because it says, destroy this temple and in what? Three days. How, how many, how many um, times Nebuchadnezzar, how many kings did Nebuchadnezzar take to destroy the temple? Kim, Chin, and? And then how many kings did he take to raise it back up? Three. Destroy this temple and in? Three. Three decrees. I'll raise it up. All that was only pointing to what Christ was going to do. And that's what Gabriel came to make Daniel understand. What Christ was going to do. <coughs> right? So as we continue, it says, And he shall confirm the covenant with many for? One week, and in the midst of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice and oblation to cease. And for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate. And until the consummation, even until the consummation, and that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. So now let's go to the fourth seven times. Because Daniel is told the sanctuary would be desolate. Now Ezekiel... Um, under, under Ezekiel, they were supposed to reform. The message they came out of Babylon with is reform. If you don't do what, even you want to add Ezra to that. What was Ezra's message? Yeah, Put away the strange wise reform. But they didn't. And what happened to the sanctuary? It got taken away. Sure. Right? Until the Romans had to come and help them build it. <laughs> right? So now let's go to Luke 20. I really like this because this is the seven times. It says in verse 6, verse 9. Then began he to speak to the people this parable. A certain man planted a vineyard and led it forth to husbandmen and went to a far country for a long time. And at the season he sent what? A servant to the husbandmen. And who does Daniel say we disobeyed? His servants, the? The prophets. Right? So it says he sent a servant, the husbandman, and they, that they should give him of the fruit of the vineyard, but the husbandman beat him and sent him away empty. Again, he sent what? Another servant. Second seven times. Right? And he says, and they beat him also and entreated him shamefully and sent him away. And again, he sent a third and they wounded him also and cast him out. Then said the Lord of the vineyard, what shall I do? I will send my beloved son. It may be that they will reverence him when they see him. But when the husbandmen saw him, they what? Reason they reasoned among, among themselves. themselves. Keep that in mind. Because we're going to get to that. They reasoned among themselves. I didn't highlight that. Saying, this is the heir. Let us kill him that the inheritance may be ours. So they cast him out of the vineyard and killed him. What therefore shall the Lord of the vineyard do to them? He shall come and destroy these husbandmen. And shall give the vineyard to others. And when they heard it, they said, God <coughs> forbid. Now, this, I'm pulling it to us. Um, uh, the point that I'm making is this is the fourth seven times. Last of all, who does he send? Son. Christ. Right? And when Christ comes, what are they going to do to him? Kill him They're him. going to kill him. Amen? So the Bible says they reason together. Amen? Let's go to John 11, verse 43. It says, Then gathered the chief priests and the Pharisees in a council and said, What do we do? For this man doeth what? Many miracles. Many miracles. And if we let him thus alone, all men will believe on him, and the Romans shall come and take away both what? Place and Our inheritance. That's what God gave them, their land. That was the inheritance. But the Jews only saw the natural. So they, they're trying to defend this natural land. It says, and one of them named Caiaphas, being high priest at the time, at the same year, sorry, said unto them, ye know nothing at all. Now consider it what? Expedient that for us that one man should die for the people and that the whole uh, nation perish. No, no. What is Caiaphas saying? Here comes the heir. Let us what? 
kill him. Let us kill him and take his inheritance. Take his inheritance because Christ came for the nation. And what is Carthus trying to take from Christ? The nation. Right? Then it says, And this spake he not of himself, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus <laughs> should die for that nation. Not only for that nation only, but also, but that also he should gather together in one the children of God that are scattered abroad. Then from that day forth, they took what? Counsel together. They reasoned to put him to death. Amen? Let's go to Leviticus 26 and verse 27. It says, If ye will not for all this hearken unto me, but walk what? Contrary unto me. Then I will walk contrary unto you also in fury, and I, even I, will chastise you seven times for your sins. And you shall do what? Eat the flesh of your sons. Eat the flesh of your sons and the flesh, flesh of, of your daughters you shall eat. And I will destroy your high places and cut down your what? Images. images. Where did Manasseh put the images? In the high places. No. In the house, house. of God. Yeah. In the sanctuary. Mm -hmm. Christ is already telling him, I will destroy your images. Yeah. Right? And shall cast your carcasses upon the carcasses of your idol and my soul shall abhor you. Verse 31. And I will make your cities waste and bring your what sanctuaries unto sanctuaries unto desolation. desolation and i will not smell the savor of your sweet odors he shall take away this this the the, the the he shall cause the sacrifices and oblations to cease. to cease this is christ fulfilling this portion of scripture right so now just go on to the next quote i'm not gonna read the whole thing just the bold part says this is Ellen White commenting on the destruction of Jerusalem, right? And earlier, we used these same texts from Jeremiah and from Lamentations to show that the women ate their children. Yes. And Ellen White, now she's going to use these same texts to show the destruction of Jerusalem. Wait, so we'll just read, go ahead. With Titus. Rome at that time. With Titus, yeah, yes. With Titus, with we'll just read the bold part. She says, the hands of the beautiful women have sodden their own children, that they were their meat in the destruction of the daughter of my people. Again, was the fulfilled the warning given when? 14 centuries, 14 centuries before. Uh, she says, <clears throat> right here she says that this is the second time it happened. Yes. Because, yeah. Yeah, she says again. Again, yeah. Amen. First word. And she says, the tender and delicate women among you, which would not adventure to set the soul, that's lamentation, set the soul of their feet upon the ground for delicateness and tenderness. Her eye shall be evil towards her husband and her bosom, the husband of her bosom, and towards her son and towards her daughter and towards her children, which she shall bear, for she shall eat them for want of all things secretly in the what? Siege. So Titus was what? The siege. Right? So the point is, you have the kings been dealt with in the same manner as the church. Amen. In the, except the church is kind of worse <laughs> for the church because it's Judah wax worse than the heathen. Because Judah was where the sanctuary was, right? Whereas Israel, yes, they had kings, right? But they didn't have the they didn't do as bad as Jew because they didn't desecrate the Lord's sanctuary. But Judah did that very work. So the Bible says, last of all, he's going to send his son to clean up the world. When nothing else works, when all the prophets fail, or when they kill all the prophets, last of all, he's going to send Jesus Christ. Now, at the end of the world, how does Christ come? What's, what's the first way he comes? In the rain, right? In the former and the... So what's the first thing they're going to kill? Well, what are they going to kill during the Sunday law? Those who receive the former and then those who receive the... The latter rain, because these people represent Christ, right? So all these teachings, 2520, the destroying, the taking of the kings, but also the destruction of the sanctuary is really only teaching us what God is going to do at the end of the world. This is something that we must understand. Where is Christ in all this? He's there saying, come unto me, all <laughs> that labor and a heavy laden, and I will give you rest. rest. He's there in the midst of it, right? He says, Keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will bring none of these diseases upon you. So many promises that we could hold to, to, to escape this, this judgment that is coming. And at the end of the world, 
we know it's not time. It's based on your actions. Because one man may be suffering this judgment while another isn't. Because he has not yet put forth the, the, the level of sin that is required to, to, to be under this judgment. Because remember, it's first uh, in measure. And then it's the severest discipline. Right? And no, no two people do these things you know, simultaneously, like, so th these principles play out on a daily basis. These principles play out even as we, as we live, but there is a, there is a prophetic narrative also where these principles play out on a, on a grander uh, scheme of things. So let's look at this desolation because it's, it says, um, to the end of time, desolations are determined. determined. So let's go to Luke chapter 19. In verse 41, it says, And when he had come near, he beheld what? The city. The city right? Because, because it says in, in Leviticus that I will make your cities waste and your sanctuaries desolate. Amen? Amen. He says, He came near and he beheld the city and wept over it, saying, If thou hadst known, even thou at least in thy day, the things that belong unto thy peace, but now they are what? Who was blinded? <clears throat> Zedekiah. Zedekiah, right? Now it's hid from the eyes of the Jewish people. Amen. Then it says, For the day shall come upon thee that thine enemy shall do what? Cast a trench about thee and what? And besiege thee, right? Mm -hmm. And keep thee in on every side and shall lay thee even on the ground and, with, and thy children within thee and they shall not leave in thee one stone upon another because thou knowest not the time of thy visitation. Matthew 24, verse 1 and 2. And Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came for to show him the what? The buildings. the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto him, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. Let's go to Luke 21. Remember, we opened up by discussing times, whether it meant duration or intensity, right? But Christ says this in Luke 24. And they shall fall by the edge of the sword and shall be led away captive into all nations and Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until what? Until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. Right. So in 70 AD was the fall of, of Jerusalem. Amen. But John 11 teaches us that the times of the Gentiles is 42 months. So this this, this this sanctuary was going to be trodden down until the end of that 42 months. Amen? So now this brings us to, which Romario is going to go over, 538. It's the beginning of the 42 months. Right? And Christ... Huh? Oh, you're not going over? Actually, I'm going over. Sorry. I'm going to go over 538 to 538. So 538... To 1798 is this 42 months, which is the times of the Gentiles. Amen. Amen? And, and, and Luke says, Jerusalem shall be broken down until this is fulfilled. <coughs> right? Once this is fulfilled, what should we see at the end of that? Christ says, destroy this temple and in. The, the restoration of the temple. Three days I will raise, raise it. it up. Now Christ has to come and fulfill his words. So now... Matthew 23, I just want to take this part of Christ says, fill you up the measure of your fathers. Christ was only telling them, all that I'm going to do here happened before. Right? You're just repeating the sins of your father. Fathers. Right? So now, Matthew 23, verses 37. Christ says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that what? Killest the prophets. Killest the prophets and stonest them with stones. That's Luke 10. Right? He sends servants and other servants and a third time servants. Right? And he says, Them which I sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thee, gather thy children together as a hen gathereth her chicken under her wings, and ye would not. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. For I say unto you, you shall not see me henceforth till ye shall say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. So this destruction that was to take place, I know I don't have 70 AD on the line, but this destruction was to take place in 70 AD. Christ says it was going to happen until they say, blessed is he that cometh in the 
name of the Lord. Now let's go to the next quote. GC 4.2, paragraph 2. The message, behold, the bridegroom cometh. cometh. She says, was not so much a matter of argument, though the scripture proof was clear and conclusive. There went with it an impelling power that moved the soul. There was no doubt, no question. Upon the occasion of what? Christ's triumphal entry. entry, she says, into Jerusalem, the people who, who were assembled from all parts of the land to keep the feast flocked to the Mount of Olives as they joined the vast throng that were escorting Jesus. And they caught the inspiration of the hour and helped swell the shout, what? Blessed is he who cometh in the name of the Lord. So Christ says, you shall not see me until when? Until this time, until the midnight cry. Amen. And she says, in like manner, right, did unbelievers who flocked to the Adventist meetings, some from curiosity, some merely to ridicule, feel the convincing power attending the message, behold the bridegroom coming. So the Jews were not to see Christ until he said, blessed is he who cometh, until the midnight cry. Amen. Because when Christ said, your house is left unto you desolate, what had just passed? Yeah, the trial for entry. When the people were saying, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Yeah. So why is Christ telling them, you won't see me until that time? The, 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 the average man will say, but that time just passed. Yeah. Right? But no, Christ was pointing Forward. ahead to the future, to the next time. So, before we continue, let's look at these, these kings. Because Christ has to restore the sanctuary, but he also has to restore these kings. Amen. It's two twenty-five twenties. One ends in 1798. The other ends in October 22nd, 1844. So let's just quickly look at these kings. It says, and I saw one of his heads as he was wounded to death. Go on to the next page. This period, as stated in the preceding chapters, began with the supremacy of supremacy of the papacy in 538, the times of the Gentiles. Amen? Amen. Right? And terminated in 1798. At that time, the Pope was made captive by the French army. The papal power received its deadly wound. Let's go to TSAM. This, this is nice. Our pioneers was, man, they was nice with it. They, they understood a lot of things. You know, the more you read it, but she says, um, this part, uh, Hale, right? Remember, Apollo's, Apollo's Hale? Hale. Yes. yes. He says, on the 10th of February, 1798, the French army under Berthier entered Rome, took possession of the city, and made the Pope and Cardinal prisoners. Within a week, Pope, within a week, Pius VI was deposed. Rome was declared a what? Republic. Republic and what? Tree the tree of liberty, liberty was planted. Right. All right, drop down to the next bowl. The papal independence was what? Abolished. Abolished by France, and the son of Napoleon was declared what? So what happened in 1798? The, king the kings are restored. Right? But in order for the kings to restore, the papacy had to go. Amen? Go on to the next quote. In the beginning of the year, that's Miller, Miller's works, volume 2. In the beginning of the year, 1798, on the 15th of February, a French general, Berthier, entered Rome, with the French army, without with a French army without resistance, deposed the Pope, abolished the papal government, and erected what? Republic the Republic of Italy. The Pope, being taken prisoner, was carried a prisoner by them by them first to Siena in Tuscany, then from thence to Florence, afterwards to Grenoble, and then to Valence, Valence, in France, where he died on the 19th of August. 1799. Since which time the Pope of Rome has exercised no what? No more of his former power over what? Any of, Any the, of the kings of Europe or so the Pope loses his power over what? The, the church and the state. So not only is the Lord restoring the kings, but he's also restoring what? But the church needs a message. Right? In 1798, the church came out, but they had no message. Right? So, and the first angel says to take a message where? Oh, to the whole world. So, but in order for the church to take a message to the whole world, the church must receive the message. Amen? So, the Lord raised up Miller. Miller gave the message to the church. But the church was in turn was supposed to prophesy again. That's what, the, that's what um, Revelation tells us. 
So now let's look at the restoring of the sanctuary. Second Kings 21, 4-7. I was just showing that the sanctuary is where God puts his name, right? And it was the one that Solomon built. Right? This is what the text is showing. It says, in the house, verse 7, in the house which the Lord said to David and to Solomon his son, in this house and in Jerusalem, which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel, I will put my name forever. Amen? Amen. Next quote. John 2, 22. Then said the Jews, 40 and 6 years was this temple in building. Wilt thou rear it up in? Three days. Three days. <clears throat> Go on to the next quote. Now, after the passing of time in October 22nd, 1844, this disappointment, the Millerites, they thought that they have lost their Lord. Amen? Sister White ties that to uh, Mary when she went to the tomb and she says, they have taken away my Lord and, I, and we know not where they, where, 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 um, where they have laid him. And I don't understand it totally, but Mary was seeking the Lord with all her heart. And the Bible says, you shall find me. But Mary went there and what didn't she find? She didn't find her Lord. Why? Christ had changed position. Why didn't, why didn't the Millerite find their Lord? He too had changed position. He went from one compartment to the next. It's the same thing in the time of Mary. Christ had changed from the earth to the heaven. He was about to go do a work in the heavenly sanctuary. So let's go to the bold part. It says, a little later, as Edson and a friend were crossing the cornfield, to visit fellow Adventists, it seemed as if he had touched a hand that touched his shoulder. He looked up to see, as if in a vision, the heavens what? Open. Open. And Christ in the heavenly sanctuary entering the most holy, most holy place. place. And there to be there to begin the work of the ministry in behalf of his people, instead of coming forth from the most holy place to cleanse the world with fire as they had thought. Edson found Christ. The sanctuary was restored in the minds of the people. Amen? <coughs> Drop down to the next quote. Just go down to the bold part. It says, When suddenly Father saw a bright light shining around him and heard these words as if spoken by an audible voice, the temple of God was opened in heaven and there was seen in the temple the ark of his testimony. It says, The others passed on, but soon noticed that he was not with them. And looking back, Asked what was the matter. He replied, brethren, there is new light for us. Amen? Amen. Manasseh is restored. This is the repenting, those that repented. So this last quote, I like it because one of the first things we looked at is in the seven times, what's taken away? Reason. Reason. So what must be restored at the end of it? Reason. 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 Amen? So let's read this quote. 1SM 207. During this whole time, I could not understand the reasoning of my brethren. brethren. My mind was locked as it were, and I could not comprehend the meaning of the scriptures we were studying. So what does it mean for your reason to be taken away? I understand the scriptures. To not understand the scriptures. Now, the Jews, did they understand the scriptures? No. Because when Christ came, they took all the scriptures that pointed to his first coming and pointed it where? To the second. second reason was taken away. That's what the 2520 is, right? And from the time Jerusalem is destroyed, it says, until the times of the Gentile is fulfilled, what's taken away? Reason. Reason. An understanding of the scriptures. They prophesied in sackcloth and ashes. ashes. It was covered. Reason was taken away. No light, no reason. What did Edson say? The Lord has new light for us. The Lord is about to bring back reason. reason. Amen? Now, Sister White, she says, go on into the, the second paragraph. She says, for two or how many, uh, what? Three. For two or three years, my mind continued to be locked to an understanding of the scriptures. In the course of my what? So even though her mind was locked, she was doing what? Laboring. She was working. In the course of my labors, my husband and I visited Father Andrews, who was suffering intensely with inflammatory rheumatism. We prayed for him. I what? I laid my hands on his head and said, Father Andrew, the Lord Jesus maketh thee whole. He was healed instantly. 
He got up and walked about the room, praising God and said, I never saw it on these wise before. Angels of God are where? In this room. In this room. She says, the glory of the Lord was revealed. Light seemed to shine through, light seemed to shine all through the house, and an angel's hands was laid upon mine head. From that time to this, I have been able to understand the word of God. So, right here, October 22nd, 1844, the Lord restored reason. Not only did he restore reason, he restored the spirit of prophecy. Restored the eyesight of Zedekiah. <laughs> and why? Because what was the what, what was the people doing to the prophets? According to Luke 10. Killing them. They would kill them. So what else? Christ took him away. Right? They didn't want it. Christ took it away. But at the end, when Christ found a, re a repentant people, he restored the spirit of prophecy. prophecy. So this only brings us down to Mineral history. This is all. This is still natural. Amen. Amen. Which means this whole thing has an uh, as an application to our time that we must understand. All these truths must be taken now and brought down to this time because all these things were written for our ensample. So if we want to get the glory, if we want our minds to be unlocked, what must we do? Work. That's what he says. She says, "I will. I in the course of my labors." Right? She went to do the work. She went to lay hands on the brethren. And what did God do? He laid hands on her. So when we go and lay hands on the brethren, God is going to lay... When we wrap up the man that was beaten on the road, when we take him back to the inn, what is God going to do to us? He's going to take us back to the inn. Right? If we don't work, God can't work. Amen? This whole understanding of, of, of this... Um, this, this, this seven times, it's, a, it's, it's highlighting a lazy people because mm -hmm. they want the inheritance without, the, without work. the work. They kill the son, try to take his inheritance, right? But Christ, Christ says, keep my command. He says, keep the Sabbath and have no, have no idols. This is what the Lord is trying to teach us with, with this. this is what, I mean, this is some of the things the Lord is trying to teach us with this understanding. He's trying to give us the principles that we need in order to understand how he works in dealing with those who keep his law and in dealing with those who break his law and how he deals with the kings and how he deals with the church. It's the same principles, but we have to see that Christ deals with the church himself. While Christ, but he uses the nations to deal with the kings. The nations deal with it, but Christ finally at last comes and deals with the church himself and if we don't if we don't accept this message if we don't see christ in this message just like zedekiah we too would be blinded right so i trust that the, these these truths would have opened um or the eyes our eyes somewhat would have given us new thoughts new ideas new things that we need to take before the lord and try now if there's anything that i said in here that was wrong it is your duty as, as one who, who sees and follows to, to bring these things back to, to my attention that we can correct it or that we can reason from the scriptures. Because since, um, since 1989, God has been opening up reason on the scriptures. He's been opening up these truths, taking us back to these old paths, and like a faithful sovereign, bringing out things new and old, helping us to see where we came from, where we are, and where we're going. These truths are all important. Without an understanding of these truths, we cannot make it into the kingdom. Without an understanding of the truth, we will not be able to do what God expects of us to do. And then we'll be found on the side of those who did nothing. But Christ says, I'd rather thou art cold or hot. Do something. You do, Get up and do something. The Bible, not the Bible, but we're not to be idle. When Adam was kicked out of the garden, the first thing he was given was employment. In fact, when he was made in perfection, the first thing he was given was employment. We must do something. We must get up and plow the field. Plow the field of our home. Plow the field of our neighbors. Plow the field of our churches. And in turn, Christ will come and enlarge the world. Because the Bible says, Paul plants, Apollos water, 
and God giveth the increase. There is much work to be done. And these old truths is calling us to do this work, to, to, to raise up the foundation of many generations, that men and women can see the truth and be saved when, when Christ comes. And indeed, we can say, blessed is he who cometh in the name of the Lord. Shall we pray? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we, we thank you for your mercy. Uh, we thank you, Lord, for the abundance of goodness, Lord, in, in, in being able to understand these truths. Lord, um, it, it would be a tragedy, Lord, if we were to teach these things and we were to then in turn turn around and fight these things, Lord. And so we pray for your mercy. We pray for your protection. We pray, Lord, for the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, for this is what we need here at this time. The Spirit, Lord, for the, for the Word says that He will lead us into all truth. Your Word says that He will bring things to remembrance. And so, Lord, we ask that You will please pour that Spirit upon us that leads us and guides us, Lord, and, help, and teaches us how to, how to follow You and how to walk in You. Help us, Lord, not to be like, like the Jews, Lord, who, 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 who saw the Son come in, Lord, and decided to kill Him. But help us, Lord, to open the door as He knocks on the door of our hearts and let Him in that we may be changed by beholding Him. We thank you for the time spent here, Lord. We pray that you'll be with us throughout the rest of this evening and that you'll bring us back tomorrow, Lord, where we can learn more of you and teach more of what we have learned to those, Lord, who are, who, who are looking. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.